0: Welcome to the Eric Fulmer Show, the show where anything can go wrong, and it most likely will. Here is your host, Eric Fuller. Welcome to my show, it's a show about nothing at all. We're going to talk about anything and everything on this show. Yes, you are listening to, unscripted, the Eric Fulmer Show. I hate my last name, man. Fulmer. How do you say it? Fulmer. What is Fulmer? Where where does it come from? Is anybody out there, uh, be sure to leave a comment if you're able to. You know, this is my first podcast I'm doing. Um, But yeah, what is uh, Fulmer? Dude, don't hate your Is anybody else out there named Fulmer? Do I have any... Like brothers or sisters that I don't know of, or I'm a former, uh, any other relatives, I'm a or you know, according to, uh, I don't my hate my history. last name. My dad, who uh, passed away, I believe, sometime in the mid '90s. You know, I was in Hollywood at the time when it happened. Uh, you know, we'll get into that a little bit later, as far as a little bit of my history. Um, but yeah, it's just me right now, uh, doing the solo, and uh, yeah, but back on that. Uh, my dad, his last name is Fulmer, but he, apparently he was adopted, and I guess that was always his adopted name, and, uh, later on, my half-sisters, who live in South Dakota, half was born, and, uh, they said, uh, the they half? tracked down his real parents, or they were able to find out his real parents' last name, which is Stout, S-T-O-U-T, Stout. I believe, and, uh, uh, excuse the screens. <laughs> and um yeah, so stout. Uh well, buddy the, British the stout for some tea and honey. Uh, so yeah, so you know, what's your family history? What is is that something you think about or, or you know, I always think about like, wow, adopted. Uh, like my last name is Fulmer, but like what's my actual bloodline? You know, is it the stout? Like, you know, I guess I gotta do one of those Twenty-three and Me uh, DNA test, or whatever you know. People always say we well, got to do a DNA test. Maybe we should do one of those. It's like I, I want to, but you know, yeah, it'd be cool to find some things out. But it, as far as where I'm from, where uh, where am I going to be from? All the white countries in in uh, Europe or whatever. Okay, you're part you're part of uh, Scandinavian, part uh, Swedish, and part German, and part uh, Dutch, and part. It's like okay, Learning a little bit of. Maybe Latino in there, or a little bit of African in there. Uh, What am I? I try not to um, rack my brain on it, you know. Too many other things going on. Uh, You get a chance to watch Rise of the Skywalker. No wait, it's called The Rise of Skywalker. (laughs) I'm really bad with movie titles, man. Look, I love movies, I love music. But on the fly, when it comes down to just saying a title, uh, my brain kind of farts, yeah. Um, but yeah, I loved it. I thought it was probably the best. I know you're gonna. I'm probably gonna get a lot of hate for this, but I thought it was the best Star Wars movie since the original trilogy. I think it blows away the '90s trilogies that came out—the parts one, two, and three—and um, and I, you know, I went back and I rewatched Force Awakens. And I rewatched the Last Jedi because I, I liked them when they first came out. But then after a while, I was thinking after the the sizzle died out, you know, I was thinking, ah, oh, those movies probably could have been better. But then i you know, a year year or so goes by, and I watch them again, and they're actually really good movies. I thought they were really well well made. And uh, I was kind of expecting Rise of Skywalker to be that same thing, where like I love it, and then I'll be like, you know, maybe three or four months later, just like ah, oh, it could have been better. <clears throat> but no, man, I'm already... I'm still high off of Rise of Skywalker. I think it's still great. I kind of want to go see it again. I saw it twice already. I saw it once, and then I saw it in uh, 3D. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. I won't give away any spoilers. I will tell you one spoiler. Uh, so cover for your, your ears if you don't want to hear it. But... Uh, everybody dies (laughs) that's so old you know everyone always says that every okay here's one thing i'm tired of everyone saying too um yeah this is gonna be it's 2020 what's a joke it's gonna be last time we're gonna use i'm gonna have 2020 vision going to ah fuck it man i can't even say the damn joke right (laughs) oh well but yeah so at a time like that when it's like when i flub up a joke I have my guitar to save me. I have my guitar to save me from a dirty, flubbed up joke. You don't got no lyrics. Whoa, my guitar's tuned down. Oh yeah. What's that sound like? Five minutes into this podcast, I've just been rambling on about different things, family history, um, rise of Skywalker, different subjects. I tend to do that, so you you know you're in for a blast if you if you uh, like schizophrenia podcasts or podcasts with the flavors, podcasts with a dash of schizophrenia. (laughs) Oh man, Um, yeah. So five minutes, six minutes into this podcast and, you know, I kind of want to go like at least a half hour. So Uh, I don't want to kill you guys or torture you guys. Hopefully you can hear me well. Um, But yeah, so next thing I wanted to talk about was a little bit of my history. You know, uh, know, I'm a musician, as you can kind of tell from my (laughs) playing. It could either go either way. You would be like, well, no, he's not a musician by the way he plays. Oh, wow, he plays pretty good. He's a musician. Yeah, okay, yeah, he's he's pretty good. Yeah, my mom and my uh, aunt all thinks I'm really great. They think I should be uh, on America's Got Talent. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, But, yeah, so, uh, what was I going to say? I just lost my train of thought. You lost your train of thought. I'm keeping this all natural, man. You know, like I don't have a script. This is all unplanned. It's it's Monday. Uh, you know, I got to go to work later tonight. Oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. Well, I'm an alcohol and drug counselor. Really? Really. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so you help a lot of people. I do. And I, you know what? I help myself as well. But the most important thing is I help people, and that helps me. Oh. Um, because, I'm, you know, just a little bit of background. You know, I suffer from... Uh, Addiction for about 25 years. I want to say, yeah, I want to say 25 years. Okay, let's put it this way I started drinking at 17. It just started out as a party, you know, on the weekends. You know, I just got in a band. Me and my friends in high school started a band. At that time, we were called Crystal Axe. Well, we, when we first started, it was Black Mass. And then it became Crystal Axe. And that's spelled Crystal. Like C-R-Y-S-T-A-L, but Axe is spelled, get this, without the E at the end. Whoa. So just A-X. That's How fucking dyslexic. cool is that? That's dyslexic. That's dyslexic. We had songs like Ready to Strike and Little Miss Blues. <laughs> yeah, we were all over the place around that time. Well, I think we even, even later on as our lustrous heavy metal career went on, you know we were like all over the place music we had all these different influences from everything from pink floyd to, to to led zeppelin black sabbath all the way to like the london suede um, black sabbath was my personal influences and then we also like a lot of death metal black metal you know we got to that there's a lot of glam rock too like poison and, Motley Crue and hey, who was the crew and all guy? the hair metal bands of the 80s you know wasp was my favorite band of the 80s what happened to your exit uh, Wasp, yeah, man. Nineteen eighty four when I bought that first album over there, man. Shit. No, you know what changed me? Okay, I know I'm all over the place with this, but that that, that was that was to be that's to be expected. I'm all over the place. Um, you know, later on as this podcast goes, I want to see where it goes. I might do it weekly. It might be just like a weekend thing, just for me, just to kind of vent, blow off steam, talk about whatever's going on. I got another podcast that. My main podcast that i'm co-hosting with my brother we just started doing it it's called political dumbass and you can find that here on spotify or anywhere on all the major podcast platforms and um that's what i started doing a couple weeks ago uh and that inspired me to say hey i kind of want to do that as well but I'm, you know that's all political stuff and political humor i do all the music and, and uh, a lot of the skits you know and my brother he writes a lot of stuff too He's the main host i'm like okay if you if you were to compare us to like howard stern or something like that he would be the howard stern and i'm like the fred norris um, of the podcast so yeah so we're looking to blow that up pretty big and uh we got our third episode we're going to be working on this week at the end of this week but we already got episodes one and two um, complete and i think we're going to do a launch uh, sometime after New Year's. Are you looking to get rich? Wednesday or Thursday. Well, Wednesday is New Year's, but Thursday you we'll know, will will launch. Happy New and, um, Year! Yeah. So right now I'm calling this the Eric Fulmer Show, which is kind of a boring, bland name. Boring! But, uh, uh. Bland. I might change it. I don't know. We'll see. Change it. Eric D. Fulmer. So yeah. But right now, it's the Eric Fulmer Show. What was I talking about? Oh yeah. Drinking at 17. Well, being in a band, partying every weekend, you know, just having a good time. You know, you go living in a small town, Outwater, California. Um, you know, you go. It was in the '80s. We we're talking like eight, 1986, 1985, 1986. You know, we had a buddy named Mike. Uh, I'm gonna say his last name. Mike. Uh, yeah. Real cool dude, man. So he's always like, Yeah, man, partying, metal, man oh, mommy You know, and uh. I was the, the party all the time. He always had girls at his house, and, you know. So, be my old bass party player, all the time. Jimmy. I want great bass party player. All the to time. this day, party uh, all the time. We spoke to him a couple weeks ago. Uh, and we're talking about doing another music project together after all these years. Oh really? <laughs> anyway, back to the nineteen eighty five at my, oh, my. house. Uh, party your asses off, man! You know just. Putting on Party. my crew, freaking shout to the devil, uh, rat, you know, Yeah. all that good of. shit, and um, and just partying, you know. I remember just kind of being the, like seven, I'm seventeen years old, just get, you know, getting ready to graduate high school, and um, and I'm throwing up in the back of the freaking uh, stairs and shit with my bass player, and uh, you know, just waking up next morning hungover. You know, and at that time, I didn't think uh, drinking was a problem. It was just like I said, I can go without drinking. You know, I hear that a lot in my profession today. Like, you know, people saying, "Oh, I can." I don't really think I have a problem because I can stop any time. And, uh, you know, the, the, and that may be true. You don't really know when it's a problem it's a problem. Um, but, you know, that's, that's that's how it gets you. That's, how, that's what addiction does, you know. It's a tricky it's beast. It's a tricky beast. Is it a tricky beast. Anyway, so... 80s go by, I'm drinking, having a good time. Good time. Uh, you know, we change our name to Will O Wisp. We start getting a little, little bit of a following in the local parts of Atwater. Edmer said, oh, I just burped. And, uh, burped. yeah, and then, so we decided to move to Hollywood to become rock stars. Woo! We're going to get signed to a record label. And we're just going to uh, take over the world as Will Wisp. So, but to do that, you have to follow the Hollywood Handbook One Hundred and One, Hollywood One Hundred and One Handbook, uh, where you move to Hollywood, you meet some rich chicks, have them pay for your your place, uh, for your record, to record your album, stay at their house, you know, put everything on the credit card. That's typically what bands did around that time, you know, in the eighties and the, and by the time we got there in nineteen ninety, yeah. So that was. Supposed to be the plan but we were kind of a different kind of band we weren't like the the kind of band that's like all about girls and party and let's go rock and roll and this and that we we're kind of more reserved so we kind of decided to just live in our car uh for a while you know we've had offers from from chicks and from even from other guys hey crash at my place you can stay at my place but we thought oh, no, we're cool we're cool right here um yeah i got some crazy stories to tell about that later on and uh, that'll be a part of the show too. me just kind of telling old stories of uh, because i have a lot to tell and uh yeah so living in the car and i wasn't really drinking at that time really i mean uh i'd go to the sunset strip same thing party on the weekends as we we get our to put our makeup on in the mirrors of the car go to you know, first we take a little bird bath at McDonald's over on Western Hollywood Boulevard. If anyone's uh, from Hollywood, California, and you know Western and Hollywood Boulevard, that whole area over there, Sunset and Western, uh, you know, it's pretty dingy, just grimy, and uh, you know, but uh, yeah, we're living in a car. We're parked by the Seven Elevens and the Ralphs over there. Uh, you know, staying in that area, and uh, we. Uh, Oh, I just had another brain fart. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so we'd be taking our best, getting our makeup on, and then we go to the Sunset Strip and we just, man, hand out flyers. Everyone's got makeup on. You got girls running around everywhere um, having a good time. We're smelling as good as we could by living in our car, or the best that we can, even despite living in our car, um, you know, and that's it. And they're like, you know, Sometimes there's been a few times where our chicks would come back to the car with us But they wouldn't go in the car with us because once they got near the car it, it smelled really bad and they'd be like, oh, we're gonna stand over here. Well, okay, cool. We'll have a good night <laughs> And then we just go to bed. So anyway, so yeah, so and I'd be hungover the next day But I don't think I ever got really super trashed. Well, yeah, I guess there were times I did There was a time really a uh, time when my drummer Tony at the time Got so smashed that he shit himself all over his, his pants and, and just he just like he was laying there on Sunset Strip, like on, in front of some store, people walking by. Because what happened was we drank a couple of there's a drink called Cisco, I don't know if they still sell it, but it kind of looks and tastes like a wine cooler, but it's powerful as fuck. And it's like an angry drunk, it's not even like a good, uh, mellow drunk or nothing, it's, it's an angry drunk. It just you drink like maybe a half a bottle, and it just makes you do stupid ass shit. Man, you just like you just become stupid, stupid and angry, and you just want to fight everybody. And Tony, he's the kind of guy that doesn't drink a lot. He drinks at that time, he barely drank at all. But uh, when he did drink, he wanted to fight everybody. So, but at this time, you know, he drank to Cisco, and he, you know, he was being obnoxious here and there. But man, I just remember he just got like totally trashed his later, and he's like shit his pants and shit. And, um, and I was passed out and all of a sudden these girls they took us back to their place didn't fuck us you know obviously <laughs> I wouldn't fucking do with a shit all over his pants either you know if I was a girl but um, yeah so they clean us up stay at night blah 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 we laugh about it and uh, they send us back on our way and we're back in our car you know so yeah but yeah there were, we had our, definitely had our nights of where we got shit faced but at that time I still did not think of it as as a problem uh, i didn't think of drinking as a problem um it probably wasn't until and i'm gonna fast forward a little bit here around maybe 92 93 when we started living in our apartment uh tony had met this girl it was his girlfriend for about five years but when he first met her she let us move in with her over on hollywood uh in hollywood but over on uh, i want to say wilcox and yucca if you're familiar with that area if you're listening from hollywood <clears throat> we live in those apartments right there all these drug dealers on the corner and shit <laughs> and this was about 92 93. um uh, so yeah around that time is when i started doing a telemarketing job i was setting appointments for a chimney sweep company and then i had met a friend who just moved from south carolina he was a rocker guy like you know he had a band and he was always you know kind of did the same thing as i say i want to move to hollywood and be a rock star Played bass, and me and him just hit it off really well. <clears throat> matter of fact, I ended up getting him the job at the Chimney sweep place because uh, he had moved into the apartment complex, and that's how we met. Um, next thing I know, we'd walk home together, and then we stopped and got a 40-ouncer. I, feel like I never, I mean, I knew about 40s, you know, the old English, the, the King Cobras. But I really never had one before until he actually introduced it to me, and then it just became a routine drinking a forty on the way home from work every almost every night. Uh, yeah, I mean I can't think of a night that we didn't do that, and then and then slowly but surely it started getting to the point where I was kind of drinking on the job, like I'd uh, you know have a little thing of vodka with me or something, and, and I'd get a little bit sauced before I got on the phones, and. Uh, yeah so that went on and then i think it became a problem when i started drinking by myself so about you know a few four four or five months go by you know i'm still hanging out with this guy every now and then all the crazy shenanigans that go with living in hollywood partying and stuff like that but then i'm by myself and i'm and i'm working on music i'm playing my guitar and i'm going and buying a 40 and i'm drinking that 40 and then next thing you know i'm going to get another one and and then they say, you know, I'm, uh, I'm out of money and I'm scrounging through the the couches trying to find change and then I'm borrowing money off my my so my you know, my drummer and his girlfriend, Simon. And then or spending whatever money I had uh, to, to to drink. And then I met another friend who is named Ali, who I can get into that story later on as, as the show progresses. If I see the show ever progressing <laughs> beyond this point, uh, you know, like I said, I'm just going to talk. And you're going to listen. skin um, But, yeah. So, that's what I felt. It became a promise when I started drinking about myself. And, uh, so, yeah, it just became really bad. And then uh started another telemarketing job. And it was in the morning. And we had just got a new guitar player at the time. And uh, he moved in with, with me, Tony, and Tony's girlfriend, Carrie, and uh his name is Gabriel the stage name Raven and anyway so and I had tried speed already had a party with my ex-girlfriend who became later on became my wife that's another story we'll get into and then ex-wife but uh so we were at a party one time and I tried speed for the first time this was before we got Gabriel in the band and uh and I liked it I liked it a lot you know the, the sex was crazy uh you know and I don't think I would have to this day I think I, I don't think I would have tried speed had I not been drinking that night at the party because I was always kind of scared of drugs you know especially as a teenager hearing a lot about them and cocaine and all that stuff and then just hearing stuff on TV in the news about putting stuff up your nose and and uh, people overdosing so I was always scared of drugs but I think because I was drinking at night my inhibitions were down and somebody just happened to have speed in a couple lines Lay down on a table, and me, and my girl at the time was like, yeah, "Let's just try it, yeah, yeah, yeah." Yeah, I guess she had done it before. Like she's like, "I haven't done it in a long time, so uh, well, this, will, yeah, this would be neat." So we did, and then boom, I just, just like it too much. And then uh, as time went on, you know, she kind of never did it again after that. But me, I was like, you know, always trying to find ways to get some speed. But I, did, I couldn't. I didn't have any dealers. I didn't know anything about getting a dealer or nothing and like that. He you know, so I would drink just those jolt colas, colas mm-hmm. just to mm-hmm. sort of give you that extra pep up uh, or, 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 or whatever. And, and um, so yeah. And, and then, them back the so Gabriel Bible moves side. in, and he tells me about how he used to, like, you know, sort of deal drugs in his, in his part of town or whatever, but he stopped and he's and he been does. sober for a while. And, and, and so stupid me kind of pulling him back whatever, into and the dark side. And it's like, hey, man, you think you know how to get some speed, maybe? Or maybe you kind of reach out to some of your old connects or whatever. And he does. Mm. And so he gets some whatever, Speed! You know, because we had just started that speed. new telemarketing job. It was like where we had to get up at 6 in the morning. And, uh, Speedy! And then we got some. And, uh, and at that time, you know, it was, it was speed. And so I wouldn't do it a lot. I would just do it every now and then. You know, we'd go out to, like, a goth club and drinking was still but at that time it was like speed was really crazy cause you'd stay up for like 6-7 days yeah. you know just so. partying but he he got really into it like where he was doing like a lot you know and then me, was just finish your thought and man <laughs> but um, but <laughs> yeah drinking, we'll break, drinking was still my main no, poison at that time and, uh, I'm right here yeah so. that was weird huh that's what happens on this show just weird things like that like you don't know where they come from sometimes you might hear like a little guitar in the background we'll and I'm not even playing the guitar it could be a ghost. But anyway, so back to that. So yeah, so Draco was my main poison. Uh you know, like I said, speed every now and then at a the time. And then Well I'm gonna save all this for another show because like I said, this is just like the first show. I know I keep going all over the place, but that's no point. So kinda of look at it like this. It's like a schizophrenic a schizophrenia trailer. Schizophrenic trailer, schizophrenic trailer uh, of, of what what to expect on this show. You know, we've been going for like about twenty five minutes now. And, uh, wow, time flies, you know, uh, I turned 51 in September of 2019 when I was 49. I remember that year going by really fast. I remember just my forties is dragging on. Uh, how many of you out there, uh, are in your forties or maybe your thirties and just kind of feel like, uh, oh, man, am I ever going to like get through these this decade <laughs> Anyway, it's kind of like how it was I don't think maybe, you know it all. Like time never, time doesn't change You know, people think Oh, the days go by so fast And the days, or god dang These days go by so slow Time is time Like, you know, man, man Measured time the way he does With the second and the minute And the hour and the day And the week and the month and the year Or whatever, you know uh, it, it never changes I mean, I think the way we live our life is what determines how fast or how slow time is to us as individuals. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of like my little theory on that. But, yeah, so what was I at? Uh, time. So I turned 51, and, and, but when I was 49, like I said, my 40s dragged, but when I was 49, that year just went by fast, man, based on how I was living my life probably. Uh, but, yeah, I remember getting to September 12th, which is my birthday, I put that out there in case anyone wants to think of me next year and send me out some nice, good little kitties. You know what I like: toys and music and movies and DVDs and Blu-rays and you know entertainment. Anyway, uh, yeah. So the so then I turn fifty, right? And it's like boom! All of a sudden I'm fifty-one. It's like just now, and then I have people telling me that are like older than me. You know, like yeah, that's what it is. Once you hit your fifties, it, it just goes by like you know. Like Speedy Gonzalez (laughs) Uh, Speedy Yeah So here I am at 51 years old And I still act like a Like a goofball I don't think I'll ever get out of being a goofball I'm an alcohol and drug counselor And even there I'm a a bit of a goofball I'm kind of a strange breed of alcohol and drug counselors Compared to like From what I understand Compared to some of the ones out there Who you know real clinical, and kind of do all the little functions, and kind of go to all the little events that are related to what counselors do, and stuff like that, Whereas me, I just kind of do, I do my thing, I show up, and I, and, and I, I care about the people that I, that are in my group, or within my, I can't get too much into it, because of confidentiality, HIPAA, and all that stuff I have to stick with, so I can't really go into a whole lot of what I do, as far as i guess i could talk about some of the curriculum i do uh i really just have conversations with everyone i believe uh we sit around and we just have conversations and within those conversations Allowing people to just be themselves and be where they're at presently, I think, is more powerful than sitting there showing a bunch of films and talking about the science of drugs and alcohol, and what it does to the brain, and and these little techniques that uh, so-and-so designed back in 1972, this this, uh, type of uh, curriculum or technique. does this or does that? I don't know. Like I get into the, some of that. I mean, I do do some curriculum as far as like you know. I do the sixteen step, which is a very, uh, I guess you could say, it's a variation of the twelve step program that that AA uses, in NA, but uh, the sixteen step by the sixteen step by Charlotte Cassell, K S I L I believe is her last name spelled, or maybe maybe K S L K A S L Charlotte. C H R O L L E T T E. In case you want to look this up, Charlotte Casill, K A S L. Or just look up 16 Step, <laughs> and you'll see there's uh, some step stores that, that build steps, I guess, for people. Then you'll see 16 Step Charlotte Casil when you Google it. So anyway, check it out. So it's it's like the AA. It's like AA's 12 Step, but it's it's more about empowerment. It, so in other words, it has pretty much the same concept. Like the first uh, step is, you know, when you admit that you're powerless over alcohol. And then the uh, 16th step is the same way. It you tell it tells you that you're powerless, but also reminds you that you have the power to overcome it. You have the power to overcome your addiction. Uh, so it's very empowering. Uh, so I do get into that. But the majority of the time, I, I, I you know, a group of like 15, 20 people, you know, without everyone talking over each other, just I ask certain questions. I throw a question out there, and I and then I kind of go around the room, and then it just creates a conversation. And then within that conversation, uh, someone might be dealing with an issue at home or something. That they you know maybe they talk about a trigger that that maybe almost caused them to sort of give in or drink or whatever, and uh, or use, and then what they did about it, and, and then that becomes a conversation. It just kind of goes on from there, and and you uh, know been doing this for like two to three years. Uh, three years, actually, to be exact. But as far as two years of you know, being on my own, doing groups and, and individuals, and uh, I've been getting a lot of good feedback and results of the, of the way I do it compared to the, some of the other places here in uh, Portland, Oregon. Oh, I never did tell everyone out there where I'm from. I'm here in Portland, Oregon. You know, it's a half hour into the show, and you're just now finding out where I'm from. That's how crazy it is here. <laughs> I told you, this ain't going to be no normal podcast. And uh, if you like, just, you know, you can just put me on, you know, and clean your house or do whatever. Just have me in the background as as, as white noise. I'm uh, I'm a white person, so. Um, and I do make a lot of noise. So, yeah, so just put me in the background as white noise. And, uh, yeah, and yeah, just go from there. So, anyway, a little bit more about what I do as a drug and alcohol counselor. But I do. Uh, it's rewarding to me in a sense that, like, because a lot, of, when I talk about something in, in group or when I bring up like a scenario or I bring up like you know some of the stuff I've gone through and what I did to overcome my addiction, uh, which I'll get into later as well, it it helps me when I remind myself of why I'm there, what I'm doing, you know, because I believe, and I to this day that every day is a brand new day. When you wake up, you have. Uh, You have that ability to make new choices in other words whatever you did yesterday you did that yesterday like if you fucked up and you used yesterday well that was yesterday but you didn't use the the moment you woke up this morning you didn't use you haven't done nothing you haven't made any bad choices you haven't even made any good choices the minute you open your eyes it's the minute you should have that conversation with yourself how am i feeling today you know and and remind yourself why you're doing what you're doing and, and just kind of give yourself a little bit of an outlook as to what your day is going to be like and if you're still struggling with using uh make it your goal go to bed sober make it your goal go to bed sober and uh, and you'll see that uh it'll work for you sorry I just had a i got the news on while I'm doing this podcast, and uh, they're talking about the the church shooting that just happened in White Settlement uh, over the weekend, and uh, they're showing kind of part of that footage where that guy just, you know, they're, they're all praying, all the people, there's about 250 people in that church, I guess, and uh, they're all praying, and, and this gunman comes in and just, like, starts shooting. You don't see that on the video, but, uh, damn, it's pretty fucking scary, though, man, shit. And uh, this guy, I think the guy yelled something like, No one's leaving! But uh, get this, I guess the parishioners had guns and they they were able to stop them. I think a couple people got killed. If I remember looking at one of the headlines I saw earlier. Uh, the gunman got killed, I know that. But a parishioner, you know, with the gun, I thought, oh man, okay. Not to make light of the situation, I mean, it sucks. But I was just, my, the way my brain works, I'm thinking of, I'm seeing movies already, like a, an action movie where, you know, the gun-slinging parishioner or the gunslinging slinging priest, you know, like, vigilante, like, you know, he's, like, struggling with his faith and everything, but at the same time, he's just going out, taking out all these fucking bad guys with a badass gun and shit, you know. Anyway, it's a horrible situation. Over the weekend, we had a bunch of uh, attacks on the Jewish community as well, on the Orthodox Jews, and, uh, you know, the knife, uh, like, five people got stabbed, I think, in New York. Uh, I don't think anybody died, uh, but it was, I guess it was uh, at a rabbi's house. And then just over the weekend, I guess there was apparently about seven different hate crimes. Nothing extremely serious, but serious enough to where they became a a national attention. As it is Hanukkah, you know, from, I believe, the 21st of December to the 31st of December. So all of you out there who is Jewish or Orthodox Jew or, you know, Hanukkah is your, your, your holiday. I want to wish you a happy Hanukkah. You know, I think it's almost over, but uh, unfortunately, under these circumstances of what's been going on over the weekend, uh, it's, uh, it just sucks. You know, uh, knife and shit. A, a lot of knife attacks recently, though, compared to like you know when we were having those mass shootings a while back, and now it's like mass knife attacks. I know we had one of, a few months ago, and then and then over the weekend we had this knife attack and then a, a gun attack at the same time. So you know i want to get into the whole gun debate thing about you know but uh i want to wrap this the show up here real quick you know like i said i got a lot to get to this is going to be like a weekly thing i'll just come on here and we'll, and we'll just bullshit and talk and, and, and we'll get real um if you are out there and you're struggling with addiction um as far as alcohol or drugs you know, I want you to know that you can turn it around. I don't care how old you are. I was 43 when I decided to turn my shit around, you know, and I was homeless. I, I came here to Portland from Los Angeles with nothing but the clothes on my back, you know, and my brother and his wife took me in and, and helped me out and helped me get into outpatient. Struggle even then, you know, I was struggling with relapsing, and, and, uh, which I guess is part of the process. But, you know, once you learn that it doesn't have to happen, relapse doesn't have to happen as long as you are aware of certain triggers and and... and So that's where my job now is to be able to teach that because now that I know where I was at emotionally when I was relapsing, you know, um, at the time I didn't, but now that I know I can actually relate that to people who are in my situation, who are in their situation, in the same situation I was in eight years ago. This month I celebrate eight years of sobriety on the 23rd of December uh, was the last time I drank uh, any kind of alcoholic I was going through some pretty shitty uh, withdrawals as well but I did not I did not give in I'll get into that too uh, I kind of want this podcast to be helpful to people it's going to be uh, also you know humorous uh, I want to do movie reviews I want to talk about music you know I want to be able to set it up to where uh, maybe you can just call in uh, or maybe you can uh if they're like, like I said, I'm, I, I haven't published this yet. Well, if you're listening to this now, then it's published. <laughs> but I'm talking to myself right now. I haven't published this yet. So hopefully when I do, like, maybe there's like a comment section. And if there is, uh, please leave comments, you know, reach out to me. You can reach out to me on Facebook. I'm at Eric D. Fulmer, F-U-L-L, M as in Mary, E-R. Eric with a K. Make sure you put K, not C. Hate when people mess my name up. Um Eric D. Fulmer. Now D is not the initial D, it's D E E. Like D. Snyder from Twisted Sister. he said there was one time I was stopped by a cop and they're like, Okay, what's your middle name? I go, D. I mean not the initial. What's your what's your what's your full middle name? I go, D. He's all D. Okay. I go yeah, D E E. You know like D Snyder. We're not gonna take it. <laughs> anyway. Luckily, he did a recipe that day. He could have if he wanted to because I got on his nerves, I'm sure. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so you can find me on Facebook, Instagram at Eric, A-I-R-I-K-333. That's another uh, name I use, Eric, like air, like the air we breathe, dash, I, capital K. That's my name I was used, that's the name I used in Will-O-Wisp, which... Next episode, we'll talk about some of my days in o Wisp. Some of you out there who might remember that band or know that band. If you don't, I think I might have one or two fans left over out of the, after the within the past thirty years that I've been playing and stuff. Um, I got new music coming. I'm working on some new music now. Uh, I'm using this Soundtrap to record demos, and I got a Reaper recording home recording studio that I, I'm trying to learn as well. I'm going to do all my main stuff on that, but I'm just kind of using Soundtrap as, as for demos and stuff. And so far I think i got some pretty good stuff coming down the pike. I might even play a little bit of it here. Uh, maybe at the end of this podcast. Uh, I'll leave you some music or something. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So. What was I saying? If you got any addictions you're just struggling. Your life is shitty. I'm here for you, man. Here for you, woman and man. <laughs> I'm here for all of you. Even your pets. I love animals. I got my me and my kitty here. My cat, name is Tamarin. You can see here on my Instagram uh, page, I'm always posting funny videos of her. Me uh, annoying the shit out of her. We're just having a good time, you know. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to sing us out. And we are going to continue this discussion on the next episode of the Eric Fulmer show tentatively named Eric Fulmer show it might be called something different by the time you get to the second episode we'll see if you have any names suggestions i'm open to all i'm a very open-minded person i take everything to heart good criticism bad criticism constructive criticism all criticism is good criticism regardless because you know what? that's what we all need man we all need to just come together. I know we got a lot of differences. My guitar is still out of tune. We got a lot of differences but yet we're all the same. you know you'll hear that a lot that's a very that's a cliche. We got a lot of differences but we're all the same all the motherfuckers out there who make it all lame. Motherfuckers who want to fuck with everyone. I don't know what to say after that. <laughs> anyway, goodbye everybody. Until next time, keep it real. Real cool.